<clears throat> so guys, I'm a little hungry today. Are you guys, is this okay? sandwich pretty good mm. yeah that's good is this awkward for anybody else why yeah why is this awkward guys It's awkward to watch someone eat, isn't it? It's awkward when I'm the one eating and you guys are all watching, right? Because that's not how we eat, is it? We eat together. And if you couldn't guess, our message today is about eating, okay? Because it's awkward to eat by yourself, but when we eat together, instead of being awkward and you guys are like, what am I doing here? It's actually fun. It builds relationships. It's a powerful thing when we eat together, right? That's why I even talk about breaking bread. So today, our message is on eat. Um, we're in this series. I made a mess up here. Sorry for the crumbs, Sam. <laughs> Anybody want a bite? This is a huge hoagie. So we're going to talk about eat today. We're in this series called Bless, and it's based on a book by the same name. And if you haven't yet, enter that raffle to it. We're giving away a book every single week. You can still win that. Fill that out. If you haven't done it, fill out that form. If you already have, your name is still in there. But fill out that form because this book is, is that acrostic. Begin with prayer, listen, eat, serve, and share your story. It's a very simple way to share your faith because we're commanded to share our faith, to be witnesses of Jesus. But that can be really intimidating and scary. In the first week of this series, I shared how our daughter McKinley, who's five and a half, who was like, hey, our, our, this friend, I called her Alice, that, that lives across our courtyard. Um, that, uh, McKinley was like, I, I haven't told her that I'm a Christian yet. And I was like, why? She said, because I'm afraid. And when I asked her why, she said, I'm afraid she won't be my friend anymore. But I'm really proud I shared that story that Sunday, and that afternoon, McKinley invited her to the Splash Bash. I thought that was pretty cool, right? Now her family's out of town, they can't come, but she's like, I'll come next year. And I'm like, great. But what's really interesting with this girl, we had her over one night and we were having dinner and we do what we do every single meal, like our whole family, we prayed and she looked at us like we were from the moon, right? Like, what? What are you guys doing? She asked, what are you doing? Why do you pray? And it was really interesting because as we were eating, we were able to share a lot of our faith even just then. And that's a, that's a strange thing about eating that, that it does that. You can share a lot of yourself over a meal than even you would in a normal conversation. Meals are a powerful thing. So my big idea for you today to understand, to leave with, is to share food to share your faith. Some of you are like, yes, this is the best big idea ever. I love this. Share food to share your faith. So we're going to learn three simple ways from Jesus himself about why sharing food is a great way to share your faith. And this is something that every single one of us can do because we all eat. We all eat. We all eat. So I want to encourage you guys to do this. 
to share food, to share your faith. So if you have your Bible, um, open with me to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. And in Matthew chapter 9, um, we're going to look at a story starting in verse 9, a very short story of Jesus. If you have um, the, the smartphone, you can use the, the YouVersion Bible event and find that. But in Matthew chapter 9, we're going to learn three different points that Jesus teaches about, about eating. And the first point, if you're taking notes, the first point is that eating, pull that up, deepens relationships. Eating deepens relationships. This is the first thing we see from Jesus. In verse 9, of Matthew 9, we read that as Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. He became one of Jesus' disciples. And in verse 10, it says, while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house. So he calls him to follow him. Matthew leaves his profession that he was doing, and, and we'll talk about that in, in a few minutes, and he goes to follow Jesus, and then immediately goes over to Matthew's house for dinner. Like, eating a meal was part of following Jesus. Isn't that interesting? Like, so you guys, like, leave everything, but eat some great meals with Jesus. Okay, that sounds good. Eating meals is an important part of being a Christian, and I think it's really interesting because, yes, Matthew is, is beginning this journey following Jesus. He's beginning his faith. But Jesus chooses this meal to deepen a relationship with Matthew. And I don't know if Matthew wanted to get to know Jesus better or what the, the reason was, but it really deepened their relationship. And it does the same for our lives. I mean, isn't this what we do when you're trying to get to know somebody on a date? Like, first date, you don't watch a movie, do you? You know, you go out, maybe drinks, maybe coffee, maybe a meal, but you sit across from each other because it's over food that you can really get to know people. It's when we want to develop relationships, we have people over to our house. Hey, let's be friends. Let's, let's hang out. Let's have some food together. It's a powerful way to do it. One of the things I've loved at our church, and we've celebrated her before, but Hayden, um, she's a lot of times in the booth. She, she leads our Denver Rescue Mission, but like almost every Sunday, she takes a group of people out for brunch afterwards, and Hayden's, Hayden's running my slides right now, so I'm embarrassing her. But I love that she's always doing that. He's like, who's the new person? Make connections. And there have been people that have said, like, hey, that's why I picked this church, <laughs> because I got invited maybe on my first Sunday to brunch. And I love that connection piece because it deepens relationships just to share a meal with people. It deepens relationships. So I encourage you guys, don't all go with Hayden this time, but go to brunch with someone after church. That's why we're having food at the Splash Bash next week. That's why we had a breakfast yesterday with the men, because meals deepen relationships. And that's what Jesus is beginning here. So that's the first point. Meals deepen relationships. You're like, oh, that's pretty simple. Eating deepens relationship. But here's the second thing that's really cool about eating is that eating opens doors and hearts. Eating opens doors and hearts. Verse 10 of this passage, it says that while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. Now, this is interesting. A tax collector in Jesus' day would have been employed by the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire was like, okay, here's your quota. This is how much money you need to bring in. So for a tax collector to make money, they had to bring in more than that and keep it for themselves. And the Romans let them collect whatever they wanted. So these guys charged exorbitant prices, and the Jews hated them. You're selling us out to the Roman Empire, and you're stealing from us. Because you don't need all that much money. So the tax collectors were loathed. I mean, in our day and age, 
There's, what, just announced 84,000 new <laughs> IRS agents. Did you guys see that in the news? And people are freaking out about it. Oh, my gosh. They're going to come and steal everything you have. If, if you guys are paying your taxes, you don't have anything to worry about, I'm pretty sure, right? might be a little annoying. But it, imagine in those days when the people, like, there wasn't a set amount that they could take. They could take as much as they wanted. And say, hey, this is how much you owe. And you had to pay up if you wanted to continue to do commerce, continue to make money, continue to live in the Roman Empire. So people hated the tax collectors. But when Jesus, first, he calls Matthew a tax collector. And then on top of that, he's going over to Matthew's house. And because he goes over to Matthew's house, now Jesus is having dinner with a bunch more tax collectors and a whole bunch of guys just labeled sinners. Like, I love that label in the Bible. Like, would you like to be called sinner? Like, I don't even know what they're doing, but it's not good. Because it's not like people who were called sinners, it's like, no, they were sinners. And Matthew is the guy who wrote this gospel account. And he's like, yeah, they were sinners. <laughs> and they were over at my house for dinner because nobody else wanted to hang out with me. But the sinners and the tax collectors, they were my friends. But now Jesus has infiltrated a whole group of people that desperately needed the grace of the gospel. It opened doors, and then it opened hearts. This is a powerful thing about eating, that when you eat a meal with someone, you can eat meals with anybody, with anybody. It opens doors and it opens hearts. You know, here's the thing. I've met people that are very picky about what food they eat. I've never met anybody who doesn't like to eat. Have you guys ever? Like, people might be like, ah, I don't like this, I don't like that, I don't like bologna. Like, okay, nobody does. Okay, I, I don't like that food. But everybody likes to eat something, right? This is the thing. Everybody eats. We're human beings. We have to eat. Okay, some people like almond milk. Some people like milk from good old-fashioned nipples. But either way, like, we all like to eat, right? Does that cross the line? <laughs> we all like to eat food, right? Maybe I'll have another drink. <laughs> we all like to eat. We might eat different things, but everybody likes to eat. And you can share meals with people, and it opens up doors, and it opens up hearts. Getting to know people, sharing a meal. And, and what Jesus is, so when we're talking about eating with people, did you know that Jesus didn't invite him over, Matthew over to his house? Matthew invited him, Jesus, over to his house. And we see the same thing with like Zacchaeus. When Zacchaeus becomes a believer, he's like, Jesus, come on over. So this is what I would say. We're, we're going to talk a lot about, you know, like practicing hospitality. That's a very good thing to have people over to your house for a meal. But you should be the kind of person that other people want to invite over to. And if people aren't inviting you over to their house for dinner, maybe you need to change some things about your own life. Maybe you're a close talker. And you're like, I don't want to have that person over. Maybe you got stinky feet. I'm serious. Nobody don't want to invite you over. Maybe there's something about you. What, how could you become the person that other people, even non-Christians, want to invite over for a meal? That's who we should be. That's who Jesus was. Because it opens up doors. And when we're willing to eat people those, with those meals... It opens up their hearts as well. And that's a really powerful thing. There was this story, it was in the New York Times a, a few years ago, and it was about a couple, Kathy Fletcher and David Simpson, husband and wife, and, and their son was a teenager and he was going to a school in Washington, D.C. And um, the son invited over a friend for dinner, and then that friend started inviting other friends, and these other friends that got invited were very poor. And these kids were struggling with some basic necessities. This family was pretty well off, David and Kathy. But they noticed that some of the kids were coming didn't have clothes to eat or food, or food to eat the next day, clothes to wear. 
Thank you guys for being graceful to me. <laughs> and they, some of them would even not have a place to live, these teenagers. And so the family just was like, okay, Thursday night, anyone can come over for dinner. And the friends started inviting friends and invited other people. And soon, 20 to 30 people were there every single Thursday night at this family's home. Anyone could show up. Adults started coming, too. Neighbors would show up, like, what's going on over here? Lots of people showed up. And this dinner grew and grew and grew and started impacting these kids' lives because then people would say, oh, this kid needs some clothes. This kid needs a bike, doesn't have a bike, and how are they going to get around to school? And it began changing these kids' lives. Many of them went to college and people caught wind of this, and there was a guy who was actually an expert. He ran a bunch of nonprofits helping teenagers that were in rough situations get out of them. And he went to one of their meals. His name was Bill Milliken. And he said about this, this was in the news story. He said, you know, I still, he said, people always ask me, like, what's the program to turn a youth's life around? What's the program? And he said, I still haven't seen one program change one kid's life. He said, what changes people is relationships. And he said specifically about teens, somebody willing to battle and walk through the valley of the shadow of adolescence with them. See, it's not a program. This is a guy that runs the greatest programs on turning kids' lives around, but it's not a program. It's people. It's relationships. And what better way to build relationships than over a meal? And I, I think that family was a great example of that. They opened up their doors and those kids came in and opened up their hearts as well, leading to transformed lives. And that's a powerful thing to be a part of. My parents were a great example of this growing up. They would always have our friends over. People lived at our house like for a year at a time, different people. And even right now, my parents just moved into their retirement home up in Loveland, Colorado. This is great, right? Retirement home, everything's good, right? They went over to Romania this summer because they've done a lot of work in Eastern Europe. And they returned with a Ukrainian refugee who's living in their house now. An awesome young gal named Katie. I'm sure one of these days she'll come down for a church service and you'll get to meet Katie. But I'm like, that's how my parents are. Open doors, they share meals, share their home with people. And it's a powerful force. Eating opens doors and it opens hearts. And Jesus told us we need to invite people in. People like Matthew, people like the tax collectors, people like the sinners. Jesus says in Luke chapter 14, he says, Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back. Verse 13, he says, And so you will be repaid, but when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. As followers of Jesus, we're called to invite in the sinner, the struggling teenager, the refugee into our home. And that opens up doors, it opens up hearts. That's a powerful thing about eating. And with this, why this is so powerful is that the third point is that eating shows mercy. Eating shows mercy. It's really interesting. Jesus is, has infiltrated the den of sinners, right? In verse 11, 
It says that when the Pharisees saw this, when the religious leaders saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? They were upset. They didn't think that was okay. Like, you don't associate with those people. Their sin will rub off on you. But Jesus responded, says in verse 12, on hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire what? Mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus lived in a cancel culture. <laughs> okay? If you were a sinner, if you were a tax collector, if you were even just associated with those people, like, stay away because you will make us impure. People thought in a sense that, like, you associate with them, you are condoning their behavior. And you, therefore, you are a sinner. It's almost like the cancel culture we live in today, right? <laughs> Except it might not be with religious people. But nowadays, like, don't associate with that person. They're racist. Don't even talk with them. They voted for whoever, right? <laughs> I mean, whichever side you're on, like, don't eat a meal with them. They're an abortionist. Don't eat a meal with that person. Because they want women to be forced to carry a child. Like, we're cutting off relationships. We don't just stop following someone on Twitter. But it's like, don't talk to that person. That's our culture that we're living in today. And it could go both ways. I'm not trying to point fingers at either political party. I'm just saying that's the world we live in. But we, as followers of Jesus, are called to be different. We are called to eat with sinners. Eat with racists. Eat with people that think and believe so much differently than us. To share meals with them because that's what Jesus did. And Jesus did it to show mercy. We're not condoning someone's behavior by sharing a meal with them. In fact, one of the most powerful things you can do is share a meal with them. Melissa and I, the other night, you know, we're, we're doing this series, Bless. And, you know, we've been praying for people to bless, and it was 9.30 at night, and we were going up to sleep. And for some of you are like, oh, that's late. Some of you are like, oh, my gosh, you old people. At 9.30, I was like so tired. I was ready to go upstairs. And we look out our window, and there are our neighbors, a few of them, and they're out at a, you know, having, having a fire in the fireplace. And our neighbors do that every once in a while. And I was like, oh, it's Wednesday night, you know. And Melissa's like, we should go out there. And I was like, ugh, you know. Have you ever felt that way? So we go out there for just a few minutes, right? And two hours later... We're in deep conversation with our neighbors. And through the conversation, like Melissa's great. She was practicing that listening that Sawyer talked about last week. Just is asking question after question. I think about what I'm going to say in response to someone. Melissa asks, thinks of the next great question to ask them to, to get them to talk more. And I love it because I'm not that way. And one of the guys, she's like, so tell me about your faith background. This guy that I've never had a faith conversation with opened up about how he's raised Jewish but just culturally Jewish, not really religiously, and he told all about it. He talked for like almost an hour as everybody was listening, and he just opened up and opened up and opened up. And, and through the conversation, I could tell he said a few things about <clears throat> those awful evangelicals. And I was like, I was like, I'm an evangelical. Like, does he know? But and there was a couple points of contention where I'm like, well, no, 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 I, I disagree with that. And you know, Melissa did the same with some of the other neighbors. And, but it was such a great conversation we had with people that probably are completely on opposite ends on some issues. And we had a great conversation. At the end of it, they're like, why can't people just get along? I'm like, because people aren't doing this. 
They're not sharing meals with people who have different political views, different religious views than them. They're not eating with their neighbors. They just look out and judge them. How could you vote that way? How could you think that person was good as a president? But eating meals, and, and we didn't even eat. They were all having drinks. We were just out there, you know. But, but it's that same concept of just sitting around a table and talking and getting to know each other and sharing relationship. It, we didn't share our faith with them in, in the sense of, like, here's the gospel track. Let me draw a little picture for you so you know how to get to heaven. Maybe someday I'll, I'll, I'll do that with them. We'll, we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks when we talk about share your story. But, but we were able to go so much deeper in those relationships. Doors were opened and I believe we could share, show grace to them in that conversation. Yeah, I might disagree with you, but I can still love you. I can still love you. And that's what we're called to do, to show mercy. It's interesting here. Jesus says he is on a mission, right? A very clear mission. He came from heaven for a purpose, and it's not for healthy people. The people that think they're healthy and righteous and good and don't need help, Jesus doesn't come for them. He comes for the sinners who need help, who need help. That's what he says. I, I have not come for the healthy, but for the sick. And we are called to do the same, to care for the sinners, to not just hang out with our righteous friends who we meet at church, that we should, that's fellowship. But are we sharing meals with unbelievers? I've been, of all the five practices, this one I probably struggle with the most, I'll be honest. Because I'm like, all oh, my meals are filled up. I got three little kids. Like, when, when am I going to fit in meals with unbelievers? So I've been really bugging one of my neighbors um, that, like, hey, let's just grab coffee. Let's grab coffee. Um, and he's like, oh, yeah, we'll do it. And then we finally got a date on the calendar. He's like, sorry, I can't do it. And I'm like, okay. But, but <laughs> the other night, Melissa and I were, were, like, coming home. And he's like, oh, sorry, I couldn't do coffee. We're doing it in two weeks. I'm like, great. He's like, and, and I was like, oh, and, and this Sunday at church. And he's like, man, I can't come, but don't stop. He's like, keep, keep inviting me. Like, don't, don't be done with me yet. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I'm not gonna. But he told me that. Like, he's like, don't give up on me. And I was like, wow, even if someone has said no, rejection, I don't, I think I've invited this guy to church a dozen times, right? He hasn't come once. And that's okay. He's like, keep coming after me. I think even he realizes he needs some help. So I'm gonna keep going after this guy. <laughs> and hopefully one day you will meet him. You will meet him. Jesus says, and he quotes the Old Testament. This is why he tells the Pharisees, the religious leaders. He's like, you guys have studied this. You memorized the Bible. You know this stuff. So I want you to learn what this verse actually means. And he quotes this verse from Hosea. says, for I have not come, or I'm sorry. He says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. This is what God spoke through the prophet Hosea. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. This is, in a sense, is a hyperbole. At this time, sacrifices were still happening. But a sacrifice was a religious duty. You went to the temple, you did what you were supposed to do, and you were good. And God is like, that's not enough, because you are awful people. <laughs> you're not extending mercy. You're not showing mercy to other people. You're mean. You're awful. You're judgmental. And God was condemning them, because yes, they were fulfilling all the religious duties. They were going to church on time. They were tithing. They were doing all their religious stuff, checking the boxes, but they were not nice people. They were arrogant, judgmental, know-it-alls. And God's like, that's not okay. So Jesus is like, hey, guys, remember that verse? It's about mercy. Because our God is a God of mercy. 
Our God loves us and sees us, the sinners, who desperately need help, who keep making bad decisions again and again and again, even when we know better. And God loves us. He has mercy for us. He still invites us back in to his meal. I love you. And because God has extended us mercy, if we follow Jesus, we must extend that mercy to others. That's why eating shows mercy. Because when people, they're like, well, why would you associate with me? Why would you eat a meal with me? I'm a sinner. I'm terrible. I, 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 we eat meals with them to show mercy. What we've received, we give. Eating shows mercy. And this is a powerful, a transformative thing. We're going to watch a video in just a second. And uh, Aaron in it mentions Rosaria Butterfield, who's an author, wrote a great book called The Gospel Comes with a House Key about this subject of inviting people into your home. Um, and somebody else had mentioned it, so I was like, oh, wow, Rosaria Butterfield. I don't know if you've heard of this woman. Um, she's famous or infamous, depending on the circle you're talking about. But she actually was a lesbian um, feminist professor of women's studies and English, okay? tenured at a, at a, at a secular school. And she, because of her lifestyle choices, thought Christians were just the worst. She had seen their signs. She had felt the hate. So she wanted to write an article about how awful Christians were. And she did. She wrote an article in the paper. And she said that, that because of that, she started receiving all sorts of letters. And, and she would take them as they would come in. And she would put one uh, in the box to keep because they were a fan. And another in the box of hate mail, right? People who thought she was the, the best and the brightest person because she condemned the Christians for being hateful and then others. So she just had all these. But then she got one letter that was unlike all the other ones. And it just asked a bunch of questions about why she believed what she did. Why did you come to that conclusion? A bunch of questions. And she couldn't put it in either bin, right? So she crumpled it up and threw it in the recycling bin. But she said it kept bothering her. So that night she went back and, and grabbed it and un unwrapped that letter because not only was it questions that made her start thinking about what she believed, but at the bottom was an invitation to dinner. An invitation to dinner by a pastor named Ken Smith and his wife, Floyd. She decided to investigate and find out more about these crazy Christians. She would go over. And she went to this person's house for dinner, a little nervous. But then they invited her back again and again. And for two years straight... She went over to meals at their house almost every week. They became friends. As this couple showed mercy to someone who completely disagreed with everything she was about. And she says, she, she wrote this in her, her first book. She said that there was one day that she arose from the bed of her lesbian lover and an hour later sat in a pew in that church and accepted Christ. And Rosaria Butterfield now is a follower of Jesus, and she's married to a man who's now a pastor, I believe, in Virginia. And, and I share that because this family was willing to open up their home and show grace to someone who thought and believed something totally different. An enemy, right? But because they were different and showed mercy, this woman got to experience the mercy and the transforming power of God's mercy. And I believe that we all can do that by the simple step of sharing our food to share our faith. So let's watch this video from The Cruises. Hi, we're The Cruises. My name is Andrew, this is my wife Erin, and we have a daughter named Arden, she's six years old, uh, another daughter named Eloise, she's three, 
and our son Elias is 16 months old and we've been attending Arise Church for four and a half years. We moved into our house in December of 2019. Um, it was a huge answer to prayer and a blessing and we moved in with the attitude and every intention of using our home as a place of fellowship, um, a place to foster and grow new relationships and just as a vessel for the kingdom of God to grow. And then COVID came. And so we didn't have the opportunity to fellowship or really even meet any of our neighbors. Um, and so this summer, we really made it our goal to meet more of our physical surrounding neighbors. So through this goal of meeting our neighbors and people that live next to us, we uh, met a neighbor around here who is really struggling um, in life right now. And we uh, wanted to help him out as much as we could. And in Matthew 22, 39, it talks about how we should love our neighbor. And so we just reached out and invited him over for dinner and we're doing what we can to help um, in simple, tiny ways. Um, another opportunity that we've had to open our home and eat with others is um, a new friendship I've started with uh, a new mom of two kids. And she's just come over for coffee, but in that small way is presented an opportunity to encourage and to fellowship and um, encourage one another. She's learning to balance life with a toddler now and a newborn. So we regularly try to have people over. Um, and one of the ways we do that is by having our house available for dinners and socials for both our uh, ministry groups that we're involved in. Uh, we recently started reading a book titled The Gospel Comes with a House Key. And in that book, the author writes about turning strangers into neighbors and then neighbors into family. And we've just found that eating with one another and sharing meals with your neighbors presents such a good opportunity to also share your faith. Um, and I think eating together is just one way that you can turn your neighbors then into family of church and the family of God. So we've just found that eating together is a super valuable way that we can further the kingdom of God. And uh, I always use the analogy of baby steps. We have a 16 month year old um, who's just now learning to walk and like he just makes those tiny steps towards an object so he can get his hands on it. And um, one of the easiest ways that you can get involved with using this um, method to get involved with the neighbors around you is like something simple, as easy as like coffee or something. It doesn't have to be a full blown three course meal or anything like that. Just coffee outside on the porch or out on the sidewalk is a great way to just get to know your neighbors. Um, and lastly, we just wanted to say that um, if you're on the fence about how to get involved with your neighbors and you want to just get involved with fellow church family, feel free to find us after church and uh, talk to us and hopefully we can get a date on the calendar to uh, fellowship with you all. All right, thank you, Andrew and Aaron. I, I think that's so great. Um, I, I wanna give you guys two applications today. First, some of you need to just start eating with sinners. That's the first thing. You just need to start. Some of you are like, I, I haven't ever done that or I haven't done that in a long time because I don't have non-Christian friends or it's been weird or whatever the reason. You just need to start. So that's my encouragement to you. Some of you are saying, well, you know, I'm introverted. Okay, sure. Eat, eat with sinners, okay? And then recover afterwards, okay? Take your time by yourself to recover. Some of you are like, well, I can't. My house isn't clean. It's not nice enough. I don't have big enough space. Like, if you have a porch or, or even just go out to coffee, like, you can hang out. We found, like, our, nobody wants to come over and eat meal with us with the twins right now. Like, when it's just wild meal times, but we're like, hey, we'll have them after the kids are down for dessert. So people come over for dessert sometimes or, or for a, a fire in the front. 
And like those, there's different ways that you can do it. Have lemonade on a porch. Just, just something simple. Whatever your reason why you're not doing this, you need to throw it away. As Peter says in 1 Peter 4, 9, this is a command. Open your homes to each other and share your food without complaining. Okay, that's in the Bible. Without complaining. Just do it. Just, just get started. So that's the first application. Some of you need to just start eating with people who think differently than you, who act differently than you, who might be sinners. Eat with them and love them. The second application is some of you are already eating with a lot of sinners, but you're not sharing your faith at all, <laughs> okay? And so I want you to start eating on a mission, okay? Make it purposeful, okay? You're drinking with the guys, and they know nothing differently than you, right? Because you're just drinking with the guys, okay? Let's, let's be different in how we interact. Let's do it on purpose. And so that's my challenge to you guys, because Rosario Burfield does say in her book, uh, she, she says this, she says, w- Jesus ate with sinners, dined with sinners, but he didn't sin with sinners, okay? So some of you are already doing it, but now you need to start doing it on purpose. So when you're having meals at lunch with coworkers or, or dinner with friends, that you're actually doing it because you want them to know the mercy of Jesus Christ, to be transformed by that mercy. So that's my challenge to you guys. One, just start doing it, and two, start doing it on purpose. That's my challenge to you guys today, to begin to eat. Because when we share a meal, we can share our faith. Let's pray. Um, Lord God, thank you for um, this word. Um, And we're so thankful, Jesus, that you came and showed us the way. You didn't just tell us what to do up from heaven, but you came down, you lowered yourself, you emptied yourself, and walked among us. Totally human, just like us. And yet you still love people. You extended mercy You ate meals with sinners. You cared about us, Lord, and thank you for showing us the way. And Lord Jesus, we're so grateful that on top of all that, you died on the cross to forgive us of our sins, to show us mercy, receive us back into your family, and that one day we can look forward to sharing the marriage supper of the Lamb. Lord God, we look forward to sharing a meal with you in heaven. Now, with eyes closed here for just a second, there may be some of you who have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You haven't received that mercy. And let me tell you, Jesus died for your sins so you could be forgiven and be welcomed into his family no matter what you've done. Just like Matthew, you could be an awful sinner and it could be your job. And Jesus still loves you and wants you to follow him. So I want to give you an opportunity to say a simple prayer to receive that mercy today, receive that eternal life, and begin your journey following Jesus. So um, if you need to say that prayer for the first time, repeat it after me. And if you're already a follower of Jesus, repeat it as well to give courage to somebody who needs to pray it for the first time. So please repeat after me. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. Save me. Forgive me. In faith, I declare, Jesus is Lord. I receive your mercy. I receive your spirit. Help me to follow you and share your mercy with others. Now with eyes closed, heads bowed, if you made that decision for the first time, if you today are now a follower of Jesus, he's your Lord and Savior, I want you to put your hand high up in the air on the count of three. Nobody's looking around, eyes are closed. One, two, three. Put that hand up in the air. Put that hand up in the air if you made that decision. Lord God, we're grateful that you have shown us mercy and forgiven us. 
that you call and love sinners like all of us. So Lord God, we follow you. We worship you. Amen. And all right, well, you guys can um, stand up as we sing the song. If you need prayer, our prayer team is available in the back.